well met, travelers, and welcome to the Kinky Tavern. Pull up a stool. What do you have to drink? Here, we aim to extend to all who may seek it disability-centered kink education. In doing so, we're going to be talking about different aspects of BDSM, leather, the kink community, the relationships and dynamics within it, and so much more. All opinions voiced in this podcast are just that, opinions, and they should not be taken as fact or medical advice. We only speak from what we've learned and experienced in our own journeys. And remember, my dear friends, kink is customizable. Consent is the only requirement. Words mean things, but we also give them meaning. Remember, no kink shaming and no judgment. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. If you would like to support us or follow us, we are on Patreon at The Kinky Tavern. FetLife, Twitter, and Instagram, all at The Kinky Tavern. I'm also personally on FetLife at mdizzy, E-M-D-I-Z-Z-Y. Please do not friend me on that account. You can definitely follow me, and you can friend The Kinky Tavern, but please don't friend me on that one. That's for people I know. I'm also on TikTok at MixDizzySoul, M-X-D-I-Z-Z-Y-S-O-U-L, and on Twitter at Daddy's Dizzy Soul. D-A-D-D-Y-S-D-I-Z-Z-Y-S-O-U-L. And all of those will be linked down below. Yes. And you can also find me on TikTok. Yes, I have a TikTok. I'm never on it, but you can send me stuff. At uh, pup underscore Merlin underscore Wrecker, R-E-K-K-R. That is also my FetLife. You can follow me there or message me or whatever. I also run the Kinky Tavern Twitter, so... And I am on FetLife at Allen's World 111. Please do not friend me. Only follow me there. Those are for people that I know. On Instagram, Lord Allen Vidra. That would be L-O-R-D-A-L-L-E-N-B-Y-D-R-A. Twitter at Lord Allen 111. And TikTok, Allen's World 111. Please follow me on TikTok so that I can get to a live. Excellent. So please give us a follow. Give us a like and keep up to date on what we're doing with the Kinky Tavern podcast. Exciting announcement. Guess what, guys? We have merch. We all came up with some awesome ideas and designed them and Alan set up our store. We have the classic Kinky Tavern logo as well as some clever and funny sayings from our podcasts or just from our little weird braids. Our designs are available in shirts up to 5X. Now to get a 5X, you have to go to men's and classic, but there are 5Xs, which I'm excited about. We also have hoodies, tapestries, stickers, blankets, mugs, zip pouches, face masks, and more. So check it out. All proceeds go to our education fund, which helps all of us go to cons, go to classes, travel to cons, etc. So anything that you get will be helping us educate ourselves further to bring you more education on the podcast. The topics within this podcast are explicit. Listeners should be 18 and up only. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Mix Dizzy. And I'm Pop Brecker. And today we are talking to you about edging and orgasm control. Yay! Yeah, so what is edging? What is orgasm control? Edging is a type of orgasm control. 
And orgasm control is when the D-type in a kink scene or in a kink dynamic is in control of when and how the S-type orgasms. This can, of course, also be a top and bottom instead of D-type and Mm S-type. This umbrella term covers orgasm torture, denial, delay, and as we said, edging. It can be short or long term. So it can be a time limit or that you need your you need your dom's permission or that you have to beg for it or complete a certain task. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can also include coming on command or you can even use it as part of like a ritual or like a daily task or something. And it can be used with um, submissives or even in slave training as well. It can be a lot of fun. Yeah. As with all kinks and activities, it must be negotiated and consented to. And it is crucial to communicate with your partner about your feelings, whether those are emotional or physical. One thing that this does is it helps encourage exploration of what does it for you, like what can get you to come on command or what makes it easier for you to have that kind of thing. Yeah, what can help build up that tension, build up that orgasm, Mm -hmm. and what can help you bring it back from the point, from the brink. (laughs) Yeah. So it also helps you learn about your orgasms. So the feelings that happen in your body, the physical reactions that you have, the tension where you feel that, and like if your toes curl or you, you know, make a certain face or something like that, you learn to be cognizant of those things so that you can control your orgasm better. And this does increase the orgasm control typically will increase one's ability to control their orgasm. And this can allow for more DS fun. It can also allow for more fun within just regular sex with mm-hmm. you can uh, time your orgasms together. You can, if you're an AMAB, you can learn to not come quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. if you get to that point and it's not your, one of you is not done. Both of you are not done. Yeah. You can bring yourself back from that. And it can add a layer of control to DS relationships because the dominant or the top is in charge of when you come. That's a very intimate thing. So it also. Do you need me to do it? Boop. Um, so being able to control your submissive orgasm or even your own it helps prolong sex or any kind of activity even like during scenes if you feature sex in your scenes Mm -hmm. um it can help prolong the scene and make it more enjoyable and it also adds like more elements of like you can do some teasing here and like you can build up to an orgasm here and then like take it away or like just give as many as you need to to kind of like overwhelm them and like it's a very good way to control your submissive and like kind of take them on a ride almost Mm -hmm. yeah you are in control of a lot of feelings a lot of hormones and uh, that can be a lot of fun and you can use that uh, power that authority that you have to increase both of your pleasure and to increase that um, feeling of control in your dynamic Mm -hmm. yeah also, doing this with each other increases the intimacy, of course. Um, being able to learn the way each other, other's bodies react to certain things and like being able to have that kind of control over someone is a very intimate and close connection that can be really strong. 
Yeah. It can definitely bring a lot of intimacy in. And even, you know, say the situation is like you're at work and while you're at work, your partner has to edge three times and text you when they're done. And so even just those little pings coming through during the day, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, I don't know, I I would, that feeling is nice. So you don't even have to be there to have that control and to increase your intimacy in your relationship. When you practice orgasm control, it can increase the sensitivity of those bits. It can even get to the point of causing pain for some people. And this, of course, just varies. Uh, Some people, the consistent orgasm torture kind of thing will increase their sensitivity, can cause some pain. Mm -hmm. And for some, it decreases their sensitivity. So it just, it's, it depends on your own body. Yeah. But even edging will increase your sensitivity. It Mm -hmm. helps you build a stronger orgasm. Yeah. Sometimes that's hard to control. Mm-hmm. And what this is something that takes time and practice to really kind of master and learn, especially like because each person is different and people mm-hmm. are going to react to different things. It it can be kind of tough in the beginning because edging, if you have to find that point to where you don't go over, because if you go over, then you can have a ruined orgasm or um, it, it's just not what you're looking for. Yeah, it's basically. not your goal. Yeah, yeah it's not your goal. And then you had to start all over again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And doing this kind of um, the edging or the delay or the denial, especially, it can change that automatic connection that you have between orgasm and pleasure versus ejaculation and fluids. So you can have so-called body orgasms without ejaculating. Mm. Yeah. Of course, this is all in the negotiation that could be a no-no but even if you don't come you have pleasure when you have sex typically mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're wanting to do it um and so just that connection between pleasure and coming can kind of be separated a little bit which i think is good because it allows you to have control and kind of move in between those realms yeah be more fluid with it so to speak haha jackie it's been a long day sorry Mm -hmm. um (laughs) so as we said orgasm control includes several different subcategories one of them is orgasm denial (laughs) this is when you are not allowed to orgasm and this is usually up until a certain event or a certain time frame this could be literally a kink event like you can't come until we go to this event this weekend or next month or it could be a task that you have completed or that the d-type decides or that you've begged well enough um (laughs) it it's definitely uh negotiated but it can vary a lot yeah it depends entirely on what the dom and you have negotiated and talked about but you can have the dom be in complete control over it and have their approval to come no matter what and that can be i mean obviously that leads into the denial because they could be playing with you and everything and trying to get you to come but they can't come because you have not gotten permission yet 
-hmm. So it can be a, a torture type thing as well. And it can be a lot of fun to play with that sort of thing. Yeah. And the expectations can differ. That's why negotiation is so important. Mm -hmm. But yeah, some dominants will want to tease you until you explode and just cannot physically handle it anymore. Mm -hmm. And some will want complete denial. They will not want you to touch yourself at all. They won't want you to view images or porn. Um, again, all entirely negotiated. This can also include polyamory, you know, like uh, if someone has to get permission before having an orgasm with someone else, mm -hmm. which can get iffy. So yeah. make sure that the consent is all there. I also don't agree with having, if if you're a dynamic, say if my dynamic is between me and Wrecker, then I'm not going to have Wrecker's partner, Sally, come to me to ask for him to be able to come. That is on Wrecker to do. We do not need to involve anyone else in our dynamic. Yeah, we don't need to get bureaucratic with our polyamory. Right. <laughs> Please sign this form in triplicate. <laughs> and orgasm denial can also include chastity and edging. So it's not always complete denial, as we've kind of been explaining. It's just, uh, it could be a delay. It could be that you can't come until XYZ, or it could be be the expectation is complete chastity. I know that some people do that. I also know that you should be in close contact with your doctor talking about, you know, making sure that things are good. You should be making sure that your hygiene is good with your chastity if you're mm -hmm. wearing like a cage. Yeah. Just make sure that you negotiate everything out and think about everything and Yeah, and I mean you can include any and all pieces of that whether separately or together or however you feel that you want to apply this yeah. <laughs> to your dynamic or even if it's just for play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All of these can kind of be used all together in one dynamic, one relationship. Mm -hmm. So I know that orgasm delay and orgasm denial are kind of a Venn diagram, but we're going to talk about edging slash orgasm delay now. And that is specifically in a scene, in a sexual encounter, bringing one up to the point of climax, but then delaying or denying the orgasm. Mm -hmm. So that's bringing them right up to the edge. They might be even have a little bit of pre-cum and then you either slow down or you stop or you grab their balls or <laughs> the face that Ricker's making right now. Uh, that would just hurt. Exactly. It might actually make me come. Then but I you can't. Have, it would be a, a very painful orgasm, and I wouldn't enjoy that. Exactly. And then you get a punishment. Because I can't. In this hypothetical. In, in the hypothetical, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, and there's more than one way to do it. You absolutely don't have to do the pain or the punishments or anything like that. This can no. just be for intimacy and, like we said, like the power exchange, the control in the dynamic. But again, it can also bring a lot of pleasure and a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. It can also help you last longer. Yes. Um, especially with edging. Because um, it can build up your stamina and like how well you can regulate your body to know when to slow down. Mm -hmm. And not like, because you know where that, that, that spot is. Right. To be. And, you know, not to go over that. Yeah. Doctors actually will prescribe edging as a treatment for premature ejaculation yeah um, and other i think other kinds of ejaculation disorders as well 
But yeah, edging can, in the scene, really build up the tension, make it really hot and spicy and pleasurable. Uh, it can lead to a bigger orgasm later. Mm-hmm. So even if you get a few ruined orgasms, a few where you are brought right to the brink and then brought back down, uh, you'll get that bigger release later. No, a ruined orgasm is a little different than... Do tell, because I guess I... At least for AMAB, I can only experience through that. Of course. Um, So in my experience, what a ruined orgasm is, is like you're edging and then you get right to the point where you're about to come and you ejaculate, but you don't actually come. Mm, That would suck. Yeah. That would really suck. I Uh, had never seen that explained like that. mm Mm-hmm. So that's what a ruined wow. orgasm is. So you bring them up to the point where they will come and, and then, then you, like, stop. you just stop immediately and don't do anything. Because usually like, at least for me, there's like kind of a, a brief period where like you ejaculate and then if you continue come. But if you stop immediately as you're like about to ejaculate, you can ejaculate and not. Like or have an orgasm. Have an orgasm, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I guess I, I like I said, I'd never seen it described like that. So thank you mm-hmm. because that was kind of a big part of this episode. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, like there was a lot of there were a lot of videos, there were a lot of articles that I read, but they all basically said the same stuff, mm-hmm. which I come across a lot. But I mean, this one was I watched I think thirty videos. And read a few articles, probably a dozen articles, and I got two pages of notes, whereas in a normal episode, I have, what, like five plus? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's a very simple concept physically, but mentally it can do a lot. Mm-hmm. And it can be very challenging yeah. to like learn all these things about your body and how your body reacts to doing these things and like kind of like I said kind of getting into that sweet spot area where you know where you're at but you don't go too far and Mm -hmm. cannot can kind of control it so yeah yeah this control can also help you time for a mutual orgasm yeah and those are always a lot of fun Um, of course that is not the end all be all goal Um, sometimes people just can't do that Mm -hmm. I know for the longest time I wasn't really able to come with just penetration. Um, and I still struggle with that, but there are times that I can, and now I can come when I am being penetrated. Whereas before I couldn't really do that. Mm -hmm. So for different reasons, people have trouble with this and that's okay. You shouldn't be upset with yourself or anything like that. If you are not able to reach this kind of thing, but a mutual orgasm can be a lot of fun. Just, and of course, we are very spiritual people in our sexuality. So it's, I feel like that's a, an energy transfer that's, I mean, just the energy is literally palpable. Yeah. And like, I think we kind of got to that point because we were doing orgasm control mm-hmm. in our relationship dynamic. And basically, you couldn't come without my permission. Mm-hmm. or I could make you come whenever, basically. Mm-hmm. And we did that a lot, or I did that a lot with pressure points and things like that. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun, but it helped you get over past trauma that you had associated with that, and it can really help improve things. Yeah, 
it really did. It improved our sexual experience because I was able to kind of, like we said earlier, explore those orgasms and get comfortable in them because I had never had safety and comfort in a sexual place, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, there are a few methods, and some of these actually come directly from, like I said, when a doctor will prescribe this as a treatment. So, one of these is the start-stop method. This is when you feel yourself getting ready to come, you stop completely for 30 seconds. This is the method that is used most frequently by urologists to treat premature ejaculation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that one works pretty well, mm-hmm. uh, at least from an AMAB perspective. I don't, I can't speak to the AFAB perspective because I don't know how that feels. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of this content was from purely an AMAB perspective, mm-hmm. which I find extremely interesting because how many male doms do you know that control their female submissives orgasms? Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you look at it from a medical point of view, they're always more concerned with the male. Mm-hmm. rather than the female, especially when it comes to re- reproductive health. Yeah. Uh, which is, I don't know why, but that's just how it is. But there, anytime, like, I had an issue, what, like a month or two ago where I was having some pain in my testicles. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that to the doctor and like, oh, we need to get you in and get t- all these tests done to make sure it's not cancer, basically. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that's a good thing, but like, I feel like it wouldn't be the same. It took me over a decade to get diagnosed with the endometrial hyperplasia. And my doctor said, and I quote, you have the thickest uterine lining (laughs) I've ever seen. (laughs) And that could also have been cancerous growth. Mm -hmm. But it took me literally a fucking decade to get that diagnosed. Whereas you went in and were like, I'm feeling kind of, they were like, oh God. Get the, get the sonogram right now. Yeah, I got a sonogram and, like, had a bunch of tests. And, yeah, it was... Which just, is, again, I mean, great. I'm great, glad yeah. you're getting taken care of. But it is very frustrating. You're right. Priorities. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> wow, that was a tangent. Okay. No, yeah, yeah. So... That was good, though. That was a good tangent. I appreciate yeah. that. Our second method is the squeeze method. This is when you feel yourself nearing climax. You squeeze the head of the penis or the glands to prevent the orgasm. As we talked about in previous episodes, be careful that when you do the squeeze method or any of these really, that you are not ejaculating and then preventing the cum from coming out of your of the head of your penis by squeezing it, by plugging it, whatever, because that can cause retrograde ejaculation where it backs back into your bladder and can cause a whole host of issues. That was in our sounding episode. I don't remember specifics, but Medicine says no. <laughs> Don't do that. And some of these methods may not work for you specifically. Like, I mean, if you're doing the squeeze method, I mean, sometimes squeezing it can be can cause you to come. Right. Because you're so sensitive. Mm-hmm. Like for me, especially that, yeah. on the glands. Yeah, I mean, for me, that actually might make me come. Mm-hmm. Um, just because sensitivity and all that, and everybody's different. So. Yeah. Yeah. What's the next one? diaphragmatic breathing or abdominal breathing mm-hmm. um, this is when you relax your abdominal muscles and kind of like focus on like breathing kind of with your stomach 
area, diaphragm area, rather than like your normal. Like a heady, chesty yeah. breath. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that can just be, it can help you kind of slow down your mind, make you focus on something other than specifically the orgasm, mm -hmm. um, but also still focusing on your body. It can also help you slow down like your actual physical reactions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's almost in a sense, it's kind of like meditating a little bit. Yeah. Like kind of just focusing on something that you're already doing, but like putting more focus into it basically. Mm -hmm. So you're doing multiple things at the same time, but it can kind of help regulate things. Yeah. A little bit. Definitely. Yeah. So our last method that I gathered, and I'm sure there's so many more out there, but um, I just grabbed these four, is the slow down method. And this is like just not focusing so much on reaching climax, but instead feeling the sensations as they come, huh, come um, as they wash over you. And um, so this would be maybe you're starting to get a little too sensitive and about to come and so you take a break and start doing oral or mm -hmm. you know something like that um this is more yeah it's, it's this is kind of a meditative one too like a like you said focusing on something that you're already doing so this is more instead of focusing on your abdominal breathing you're focusing on the feelings and the sensations you're having yeah it's just, just kind of being mindful of where you're at and like it's like oh i'm starting to get close so change things up a little bit mm -hmm. or um, yeah just kind of find ways to continue playing but not like stopping completely mm -hmm. basically I mean maybe stopping one thing and then moving to another and then going back to it or however you want to do it I mean you need to find out what works best for you exactly obviously. and yeah. everybody's going to be different so some things may work for some people and others it may not work for at all so yeah. Yeah. And like some of these could be literally slowing down. I know, especially AMABs like to get pumping and don't stop. And that can be great for both people to come really quick. But if that's not your goal, you might slow down. <laughs> so. I don't go that fast, do I? I didn't complain. Oh, okay. You actually, like, you have learned. Yeah, that's, that's true. The balance of slowing down. And one thing that I found that was advice to people that are doing this is don't try to distract yourself with something non-sexual. Don't remove yourself from the moment that you're in. That can literally cause trauma in your brain. So don't do that. Yeah, that's like a stereotype trope type thing that yeah. they use for comedy. Think of grandmother's ankles. God, nuns, nuns, <laughs> you know, it, not only that, and like, it can completely take you out of like what you're doing. And then like, just it can totally change your mindset mm -hmm. on what you're doing. So, yeah, like we said earlier, part of this is making that connection between pleasure and what you're doing, the sensations that you're feeling. And this would be more disconnect. Mm hmm. And I mean, that may work for some people, but... It is suggested not to do because then you could start, like, dissociating every time you have sex and then not be able to... Mm. Yeah, that's not... Yes. <laughs> so, that was a big no-no that I read, so... Yeah. 
And then we have orgasm torture. And of course, we are just covering like the big subcategories of orgasm control here. So this is the last one we're going to cover, but orgasm torture or forced orgasms. And that is bringing someone to orgasm over and over and over and over in one scene. This is typically more focused on AFAB people who are multi-orgasmers. Mm-hmm. And there are some AMAPs that are multi-orgasmers, but... Yeah, it's kind of rare, though. It, yeah. Like, you don't really see it very often. Yeah, I think that there's more of a physical refractory time. Mm-hmm. Unless you can orgasm without ejaculating, in which case, of course, you could work on that. But that would take a lot of working on and no, practice. Yeah. And... The, there's, like, a really high refractory period for AMAP people. So I don't know why that is, but... I'd... I mean, sometimes AFABs have a really high refractory period, too. Yeah. Um, so it... Sometimes AFABs have a hard time orgasming at all. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Yeah. I mean, everybody's different, but for multi-orgasmers, you could bring them to orgasm over and over, and this increases sensitivity. It can become overwhelming. It is called orgasm torture, and forced orgasms for a reason, but it's very, very fun. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of experience with this. Yeah. Yes. Very fun. So before getting with Wrecker, I had pleasure with sex. I had consented to sex at that point before, but I had never actually orgasmed by penetration ever. Mm. I thought I had. I had not. So, and that's kind of common for AFABs that, you know, they don't explore, they're not encouraged as much to explore that, especially with impurity culture, themselves and their orgasms. So I had not really masturbated much before that either. So when we got together, I'd done forced orgasms once before, but I had not orgasmed by penetration ever. Mm. I had only done it with just the wand and overstimulation and yeah. And that's another thing with forced orgasms is the overstimulation of it. It can be very overwhelming. It can be very, like, I I feel, there are times that I felt like I was fucking possessed. Like, I probably looked possessed. Because mm-hmm. I was just, I had lost entire control of myself. Yeah, it, you can have, like, actual muscle spasms and, like, be, like, not in control of your body because you're just overwhelmed with pleasure and you're just reacting to what is happening basically. And then like like no filter. And then like you're incoherent. And Mm -hmm. uh, so that's even adding on to the weird physical stuff that's happening. So it's very different. It can be, I should say Mm -hmm. it can even become painful. A lot of people can develop a lot of sensitivity. I now have that problem a lot, but before, I mean, we did a challenge one, or we did a, we challenged ourselves one time, basically. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the exact number, but I know for a fact it was in the triple digits. We got over a hundred at least. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it was like maybe closer to 150. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. It was. I don't either. It was so long ago. Yeah. And it, it was a while. Yeah. It was, we were playing for a while. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be very fun and it can be the intimacy and just like, 
I don't think that we had the wand on my clip for that entire time. No. We like to breaks. We would cuddle. We would just, you know, kiss and touch each other. Like it's a very intimate time and you're in that headspace for a long time, potentially. So yeah, it's just very fun and very intimate and connecty and mm-hmm. <laughs> words are hard today. But yeah, and it can show control of your bottom or submissive. Or it can just be, it can be a form of worship, honestly. Like, it Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be a submissive that is being tortured with these orgasms. It's having these multiple orgasms over and over and over. And the last thing I want to say with orgasm torture, with forced orgasms, with all of this, stay hydrated. Yes. (laughs) Bring water with you into bed. Yes. With orgasms generally come a lot of fluids. Sweat. Sweat. Cum. Yes. Just lubrication. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get exhausted and dehydrated. So. Tears. <laughs> Blood. Mm-hmm. So staying hydrated is key if you're going to be doing any kind of orgasm torture or forced ag- orgasms or anything like that. Yeah. Just because it can be very draining in mm-hmm. general. Specifically that, but because I know so many of us have trouble, remember to stay hydrated, period, like period, point blank, when you're seening, when you're not seening, but especially when you participate in orgasm torture. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the negatives that can happen with orgasm control? I actually kind of have a trauma response to this uh, word. I don't think I've ever told you that. No, you haven't. So it is uh, epidemic. (laughs) <laughs> Epididymal. All right, my leg was starting to it's okay. fall asleep. We're getting there. Mm-hmm. Epididymal. It's called epididymal hypertension. It's my favorite band. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that what you're gonna rename the band? No. No, but it's like a ridiculous. I know, I know. I'm sorry. It's like a ridiculous thing. Just like more commonly known as blue balls. So yes, I I have trauma around this one. That's actually one that I probably won't share on the podcast. Mm. But yeah, I don't like when people use this word, and I know that it is a simple and common word, but it just there's a visceral reaction that I have. Um, it is 100% a trauma response. And leading up to this episode, I've kind of been working on that. Um, I've been working on that for several years because in the kink community, you, you hear it off and on. Uh, and I try not to hold that against anyone because it is a fairly innocent word mm-hmm. outside of the context. And like one thing that really, really bothers me with it is when people will use it as a guilt trip kind mm-hmm. of thing to continue something that yeah no. someone else doesn't want to do yeah that's not good don't do that but i know that it's a real medical thing so mm-hmm. i just wanted to mention that i'm not sure how much of that will make it into the podcast but yeah no yeah it's it is a real thing i've i've had it before it's not I, like it wasn't that bad i mean yeah it sucked for a bit but like From what I've heard, it can feel kind of like tense and heavy and Mm -hmm. uncomfortable, but 
if you're in pain, you probably need to um, go to the doctor and you'll get seen right away. Leave the person alone that you're trying to coerce into continuing something they don't want to. Yeah. So, but basically, blue balls. This is when the increased blood flow that is that occurs with arousal and getting close to orgasm specifically, it's it's not released by an orgasm. So it's just kind of there. But it eventually will, you know, do its thing. Um, or you can go in the fucking bathroom and jerk off. Like, mm-hmm. there are so many ways to not be a coercive dick or dick haver. <laughs> I think this has only happened to me a couple of times. But, like, it's usually, like, when you're... It can happen when you are edging mm-hmm. and you just stop. Because there is all that buildup and nothing being released. So Right. Um, yeah, kind of heavy, uncomfortable feeling. Mm-hmm. And for some people, that's a good feeling. Like mm-hmm. a, they like it. Yeah. They will do edging specifically to get, get that, that feeling. heavy feeling. So another negative that can happen is idiosyncratic masturbation. And this is becoming overly used to a specific type of stimulation. And this makes climax hard to reach without that specific type of stimulation. So that could be a specific toy or specifically vibration on your clitoris or specifically your own hand. Like it's just, if you don't mix it up, you can become too attached, too dependent on Mm -hmm. that specific stimulation to be able to orgasm. Yeah. It's good to have some variation. It is. And it can be something to work through. I think we've mentioned in this episode already that previously I was not able to come without uh, vibration on my clit. I wouldn't even be able to come with penetration. And so finally I was able to come with penetration and vibration. And then it took years to be able to come without the vibration. So you can, things can change, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's not a bad thing um, to struggle with something, but this is more like a preventative thing. Like, Mm -hmm. Try to have some variation in there if you can. Yeah. And this can even be specific rooms or specific situations. Um, Basically, you can turn something into a fetish in this way, which would mean you could not come without it. Mm, Yeah, I never thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, orgasm control can be really, really fun uh, when used carefully, as with most kinks, with negotiation and consent of course but you got to be careful yeah but it is a lot of fun very fun yeah brings a lot of pleasure and honestly like orgasm control in our dynamic helped me overcome a lot of things a lot of traumas Mm -hmm. so it can be very helpful and a lot of fun (laughs) (laughs) just in case that wasn't mentioned yet all right is there anything else you want to cover on this not that i can think of But I think we should go ahead and give a shout out to our Patreon subscribers because we forgot to do that last week. Guys, I am so sorry. I added that onto the Patreon a couple weeks ago saying that I would do Patreon shout outs every episode and I haven't done that yet. And now we have a whole bunch more and I'm very excited for you guys to be here and I feel really bad that I kept forgetting to have the team do this. So next week, Alan will join us. And be able to shout out our patrons as well. But for this week, it's going to be Wrecker and I. Yes. 
So we would like to thank our five wonderful patrons who have given their money, time, and sociability in our Discord server to helping the Kinky Tavern podcast. We appreciate it very much. Thank you to Moon Goddess, to Quill, That Cat, and to our regulars, Dopetastic Q and Lady Katarina. Y'all are amazing. I am so incredibly thankful for everything that you're doing. We all are. Yes. The money that we get from Patreon helps us to attend cons, to attend classes so that we are able to educate ourselves and continue our education to continue our podcast and continue bettering ourselves, developing ourselves. It helps us to be in certain communities where we're able to network and we're going to be having some classes starting soon. We appreciate it very, very much. Very much so. Now, Daddy, would you please lead us out with a daddy joke? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm going to do it. Are you? Mm-hmm. All right, I was just typing in the episode number and title. All right. You know this is a podcast. They can't see you physically, like, slowly creeping towards me and staring at me. No, but you can. And I did just describe it to everyone, <laughs> so there's that. All right. So, what did the cucumber say to the pickle? I don't know. You mean a great deal to me. What's the big deal? It seems that these dorky jokes are kind of your bread and butter.